Welcome back, explorers, to Our Diverse Universe, a podcast that explores relationship anarchy, neurodiversity, queerness, and the intersectionality of it all. My name is Kay. And I'm Teresa. On this week's episode, we'll piggyback not from a pizza dough freezer, but from our last episode on relationship anarchy. And if you haven't listened to that yet, please do. Um, and oh my God, I just finished watching Stranger Things. So I get that reference. Yay. Yay. If you haven't watched Stranger Things also, <laughs> highly recommend, please do that. Highly, highly recommend. She's not a 10. She's an 11. <laughs> um, and first, we just want to say thank you so much to all of you who have already listened and especially to anyone who has given us feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, we've had some questions from our listeners that we thought we'd take the chance to answer before we dive into our next topic. Okay, will you read Maya's question? Yes, and thank you, Maya, for asking these questions. Um, so Maya wrote, as someone that's newly getting into the polyamory, com- polyamory community, when did you finally decide that you're going to identify as polyamorous and or a relationship anarchist? Could one identify as polyamorous, even though they haven't really joined a community or personally experienced it just yet? What has helped you get past those societal expectations or upbringings and ready to jump into the experience? Uh, Such good questions. Thank you so much, Maya. Um, Similarly, someone else asked me, can you explain your transition into poly more? It must have been a process. And yeah. 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 It's a a process. (laughs) It is a process. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to go ahead and answer that second question from Maya first, because I feel like it's probably the easiest to to answer, or at least um, the like shortest thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So absolutely. You can identify as polyam or as a relationship anarchist prior to having any direct experience with either Um, You can trust your own sense of knowing who you are without having evidence, quote unquote evidence, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. just as you can identify as bisexual, for example, even if you've never engaged in sexual relationships with multiple genders, um, there are no inherent rules here. And I personally think that's part of what makes it fun. Um, And like, if anyone tries to discredit or question you, tell them, to mind their own business, right? And that's me being um, polite and political, correct? (laughs) Well, it ties into so many things like bi erasure and like, I I don't know, just relationship identity erasure. Like it just, it really ties into that. I think like, just do it, do it. Yeah. And like this idea that you like have to prove yourself um, or that you owe people examples Mm. um, or evidence of your identity and like, um, excuse me, but fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse you. Exactly. (laughs) No, for sure. No one, you don't need to prove anything, especially coming from like my own personal, like I am in a lot of very cishet identifying relationships currently. And that like, I know I deal with my own insecurities. Like I am gay Mm -hmm. and don't look gay, but I don't also don't need to prove it. You yeah. know, like you I'm don't like, need what to, does it mean to look gay. Yeah. Like, there's oh. a whole, <laughs> we can mm-hmm. go down so mm-hmm. many rabbit holes here. Yeah, um, completely. Yeah. And, and our society expects performance, um, mm. right? Like performative aspects of lots of different things. And I think, especially if you deviate from the norm, um, mm. there's like a performative uh, bid, like a bid mm. for your performance. Like, show me. Like, no, mm. I don't have to show you anything that I don't want to show you. Thanks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. For sure. You don't owe anyone or anything when it comes to your own relationships and your own identities. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be you. And like living, living yourself is, uh, you know, pr- proof enough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, let's tackle, let's tackle this first question then. Um, so the first question, I'm going to read it again, um, was uh, when did you finally decide that you are going to identify as polyamorous and or as a relationship anarchist? So, okay, do you want to Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) This is a long one. I, I've I've just tried to do the cliff notes um, (laughs) because my, my transition into polyam was definitely more of a falling than a full intentional transition. Um, And Teresa and I kind of talked about this a little bit off air, like uh, she's known me for so long and it, it really was, it was just kind of a falling into and not that it was bad. It wasn't a bad falling. It just was, oh, wait, is this happening now? Like, oh, this is how we identify. Um, my anchor partner and I fell for multiple people at a time and, um, we considered them family and desire that kind of intimacy. So it changed from strictly a, uh, sexual desire, uh, for other people within our relationship to more of like an intimate, deeper connection desire. Um, so it became, like I said, it became less about sexual, sexual exploration, although there was definitely a lot of that. Um, it became more and not to sound so cliche, but it really did become more of love and building relationship with the humans that we fell for. Um, and then I just remember, I, I remember, I don't, I don't know specifically the conversation, but I remember having like uttering the words, like, oh, is this what this is now? Are we polyamorous? Like, is this, and it was this, it was this beautiful awakening and this beautiful, like becoming of, yeah, yeah, this is, this is us. This is who we are. Um, and it just felt good. You know, it wasn't, um, I kind of, I don't necessarily want to discredit the falling because yeah, we were flying blind a lot of the time. And a lot of the time you still are, I feel like, uh, but it was, I don't know if I try to look back and see if we did make an intentional effort. Like I see so many people in the community, if we would have had the experiences we had, or if we would have had the relationships we would have had, or if we would have been, um, if things would have been different in a way, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but I, I'm so grateful for how we came to be and how I came to be and how my anchor partner has come to be within polyamory too. Yeah. Can I, I think, so a couple of things came up for me while, um, while you were talking. Yeah. Um, first is that idea that like, um, if something was different, like if it had come a different way, it Mm. doesn't necessarily mean it would have been better. Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For people to go back and be like, oh, well, if like that had been different, maybe it would have been better or we wouldn't have like Mm. had, I don't know. We would have had language earlier or like labels earlier or whatever, but like that doesn't necessarily mean it would have been better if you had like gone it right there. There are still obstacles either way. Oh <laughs> no yeah. Matter, no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like a beauty to like crashing in through something and then like realizing where you've fallen and then being like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. This is okay. Like let's let's accept that this is where we are and like pick our, like move forward from this place. 
rather than like, oh no, I have to backtrack or this isn't right or whatever. Right. Which is also like people do that too. They like crash into things and they're like, oh, this is not right. This is not for me. <laughs> yeah. Back it up. Um, and then I can't help but say something uh special interest related to me yes. <laughs> um that, so like obviously I'm an autistic female I have special interests and whatnot one of them is tarot um and it's like the fool's leap I don't know there, there's this like story mm. in tarot of the major arcana and it starts with the fool and um and I think that this applies to lots of different types of endeavors like sometimes you just have to like leap into something and then figure out what it is mm-hmm. as you're yeah. falling Right. And like, just like with this podcast, yeah, too. Like, we're like, let's just go, let's just do let's it. Do it. Let's not do that it, there wasn't like thought put into it and, and care and whatnot, but sometimes you just got to like leap into something. And then somewhere, once you've left the cliff and you're like fallen, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, oh, are we doing this? Oh, okay. I guess so. I guess we're going to like figure this out. Yeah. And it gives me chills to think like when you said that the fool's leap, it, it gives me chills because it truly, it truly was. And, and again, not to discredit it, right. But it was beautiful. Like I, you know, not only did we, we fell in love, we fell into an identity and we fell into a a life quote unquote lifestyle. We fell into um, so many things. And I, uh, I, I acknowledge that there's a privilege with that and not everyone can um, fall like we did. Um, But I don't know. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And it also allowed us the space because we, because we didn't know what we were doing. We still kind of don't know what we're doing. Does anyone know what they're doing? Um, but it allowed us to cultivate the space that we wanted without the external pressures of what it needs to be. Cause I Mm -hmm. feel like sometimes, um, when people go into poly and more intentionally or like directly they they read all the books and they look at the rules and they and they and they go to the you know discussion groups and they do all the things and they try to do it right and then they put all these rules and pressures on themselves and it's overwhelming it's yeah over, yeah it becomes overwhelming and daunting and it it it's almost like you're trying to fit yourself into these boxes that mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, we'll discuss, you know, in a few minutes about, you know, my falling into relationship anarchy, but like, sometimes it's better to, to have those boxes with the flaps down with the the sides open just Uh a bit. So you're like, okay, this is kind of where I want to go, but I don't necessarily have to be confined to it all the time. Um, so it gives you that space. It gives you that breath. Yeah. Well, and it's like, um, what we talked about in the last episode a bit too, is, um, those like expectations, right? Like Mm. those unstated expectations or even, um, expectations that will hold for something without even realizing, um, we do that with all kinds of relationships, not just like mononormative relationships, right? Oh yeah. And and like you said, like you want to do it right. Right. Mm. Like I feel like a lot of us have this like intrinsic desire to be good and do things right. And, um, and like I said, like there are, there actually are no rules like they're they're all made up and they don't actually matter yeah you make says, your own rules I literally, it, baby. <laughs> I literally said this yesterday I was like polyamory and relationship anarchy is it where the where the rules are made up and the points don't matter yep. <laughs> I'm aging myself that was from whose line hopefully people <laughs> get that reference great show great show <laughs> yep yep so then how did uh how did you 
come to identify as relationship anarchist then? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, this came much later on. I feel like within the last two or three years since COVID, probably Mm -hmm. since COVID when I was, we were all, we were all locked in our houses and we're like starting to think about all of ourselves and like, who are we? Yep. Um, but yeah, it came much later on that the transition into this identity was much more intentional, um, especially once I had like the language um, and honestly the support and education from the non-monogamous community. And once I know we spoke about this on the last episode about the uh, the transition within the community of how like the toxic relationship mm-hmm. anarchists to like the now like, no, it's OK. It's more like choose your own adventure kind of yeah. Um So I really, and I feel like a a big pillar of my intentional transition was, I realized it just made sense looking back on, I don't know, all of my life and all of my relationships and kind of how I view my relationships. Um, And I always make the joke, I always... (laughs) I like to fuck my friends, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true in the sense. And what it means is, I mean, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> what it means truly is just, I like to have that um, allowance of space to create whatever kind of dynamic I want without those like proverbial boxes society has like pitched to us. Um, so again, choosing your own adventure. Like I like to be able to have that, organic like oh yeah maybe this person's just a romantic maybe this person is just a platonic maybe this person is just a sexual like connection like I like to have that and I it's so funny I have there's a specific memory I have from like grade school where like you know all the you know all the um AFAB people are sitting around and they're talking about like when they want their like white picket fence and their husband and their kids and all these things. And I remember specifically saying, I was like, I just want like a big firehouse and like all my friends can live together and we could like have a whole bunch of dogs and everyone like everyone looked at me like they're like okay like <laughs> all weird right commune kid. weird commune kid <laughs> exactly with a firehouse because that exposed brick um mm, love it mm. yes <laughs> um but and like a fire pool come on now like, yeah this is like ultimate and i pic- picture it to be like the ghostbusters firehouse because that's like the thing when oh yeah totally <laughs> i'm down right please (laughs) um and I just remember it being like yeah this is what I want like I I didn't I don't know it just was so different from what the prescribed like the script was of Mm -hmm. what it should be of what things should be and I don't know I've carried that with me into like my other identity my identity now as like a relationship anarchist like I just I don't know it's it's it just made sense and uh to like and again to have all that language and to have the support from the community and to see this like resurgence of like yeah like just do what feels good to you and as long as everyone is enthusiastic and consenting like go for it you know mm-hmm. so, yeah mm-hmm. and I love it <laughs> <laughs> big proponent <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and answer. Yes, please. I'm also. super, I am super excited to hear yours. I'm very excited, especially because I think you mentioned you were still uncertain of polyamory, if that was like an identity for you, like in our first, yeah. like our episode zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm still, I'm still in that boat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that 
polyamory is an identity that uh that like fits with me mm. um I don't know I'm still like in this like figuring out phase mm. and um I say that because I don't know I don't know that I like truly desire to be in a romantic relationship with multiple people or like in multiple romantic relationships I'll say that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and this is something that I've been like thinking about a lot lately mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah As- yeah <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I can't talk about this without blushing. I'm sure everyone can like hear it. Yeah. As I am exploring new connections um, and uh, frankly, like shocking myself with um, like what those connections are turning out to be and like how, how they are um, pulling out different facets of my, of myself, of my being um, in those different connections and whatnot. Um, so I'm, I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm, and I'm, I don't know, I'm really in this phase of like, I don't, I don't know if this identity fits with me and I'm not really concerned about like figuring out if it does or not. I think it's just going to be an organic, like, oh, if that pops up, then like, yeah, sure. I'm, I will, I'll claim that. Right. Like I'm polyam. Um, but also if not, that's also fine. And I'm not trying to like force anything yeah yeah and um, you shouldn't yeah right? you know like yeah, why there's no if it doesn't call to you then it doesn't call to you yeah um I think I think even this is I don't know some like personal work for me to do I think even if I do end up like desiring to be in multiple romantic relationships I don't know that that polyam label I still will want to claim it and like that's been uh, an interesting like why or right there's like stuff around there so I don't know I'm you guys are gonna learn along with me <laughs> we'll all learn I together <laughs> I love it so can I ask can I ask yeah. if like the term was it ambiamory feels more at home to you right I now I've ever heard that word what really say to me oh my gosh what oh, is what? it amp like ambi like a-m-b-i yeah uh-huh yeah ambiamory mm-hmm. like so like just it uh like uh, like the same root as like ambivalent like, yeah, uh, like it could go either way. Like so, hmm. so one of my so I like this is funny. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, one of my partners, uh, I was talking about uh, his uh, identity, and one of my other partners, uh, to my other partner, and uh, my, my partner was like, maybe he's ambiamorous, and I was like, huh, never thought about that. Also, <laughs> very sweet that you're. <laughs> you're talking that is cute you're like helping your (laughs) meta you Uh know like figure out his identity um but yeah so it's like am um can go either way can yeah can be polyamorous uh for uh certain relationships or can be monogamous depending on the relation like and kind of just either or like so yeah so one of my partners I feel like he considers himself I mean he said he considers himself um ambiamorous where he is with me, I am a polyamorous human. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, he met someone who, uh, they were monogamous and, you know, he would be fine with monogamy. Like it's, it's, so I'm just curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that does. I like looked it up, obviously. I, I was waiting for you. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to buy some time while Teresa Googles. Thank you. Please. Obviously, you're putting me on the spot here. here. <laughs> this <Googling>. definition, Teresa. <laughs> Internet kid that I am. Um, yeah, I know. you I didn't have, I mean, you explained really? it perfectly, so I don't have Yay. to like read something, but, ah, um, yeah, because like I've had, I've been perfectly happy in monogamous relationships mm-hmm. and like, I have, I mean, I haven't 
experienced really polyam relationships, but I mm. imagine that that would also be okay just based on like what I know about myself and my mm-hmm. this work that I'm doing and, and yeah. whatnot. And and I don't I don't like I guess I guess I've like been on dates with people while in a romantic relationship. So I guess it like that qualifies. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah it does. And you're like totally fine being like, you know, with that. Like so food yeah. for thought. Yeah. No, interesting. Thanks for um, introducing me to a new word. Now that I see the like flag, I think I've like seen this before, but I What's don't. What's the flag I think it, look like? Um, it's like uh, it goes from red or from blue to red, um, from like the top to the bottom. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then it has like an alpha A, um, like the Greek alphabet. Oh, okay. A, I think it. I think that's an alpha. I don't know. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Oh no, that. we're gonna um, break us over the coals in the comments. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> only so much knowledge we can have in our brains um yeah I also I'm gonna get distracted. I need to close this window because (laughs) it's like I love Google's like people also ask things oh my gosh yes (laughs) interesting relevant or shocking Uh, (laughs) (laughs) or all three (laughs) sometimes all three um and that it's like like what is monoamorous what is polyflexible I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna click on these things right now but I'm gonna yeah poly pick them away for my viewing pleasure at another time (laughs) polyflexible I enjoy that term yeah no that sounds nice right that's why I was like oh I want to click on that yeah do not no (laughs) another rabbit hole not right now I already have 52 tabs open I'm sure so (laughs) yeah so I don't know I I don't at this point identify uh, as polyam um I like this other word <laughs> polyflexible no the oh, ambiamorous okay amb- ambiamorous amb- amb- I don't know uh that word um yeah because I don't think I like care either way at this point at least yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah and and regarding relationship anarchy uh that that has been similar to UK a more intentional mm-hmm. uh, pivot transition Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and I want to say that that really started for me um like February or March of this year um like fully I think I started thinking about it about a year I think so I think about a year ago I started kicking around the idea of polyam specifically um because there was a specific person that I was interested in and um having a hard time, like reconciling for myself, the process of like, um, navigating that or pursuing it and whether I wanted to, and also trying to navigate a lot of like internalized shame around just a lot of things, um, multiple aspects of my identity, not just this one, um, which I feel like we're going to cover in that last (laughs) question. (laughs) Yay. I'm excited Um, soon. Uh, but yeah, so I, um, I actually, uh, ended up like reconnecting with this human also, um, at the beginning of this year and in, um, in, in a, in a way that kind of forced me to look at myself and my values and that sort of thing. Um, and then shortly after I started doing that work of like, wow, I think that this identity really, um, resonates with me and how does that shift my, my self-viewing and, and, 
how I want to exist in the world and that sort of thing um, is the about the same time that then my primary romantic relationship really started to take a turn, I guess, is the way that I'll yeah. mm-hmm. phrase that. Um, and so, yeah, so there's been, I've been doing a lot of very intentional work around this for, I'd say the last four months. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was probably about March time of this year that I was comfortable saying (laughs) I am a relationship anarchist, um, after, uh, processing my (laughs) difficulties with that phrase as previously discussed. (laughs) So yeah, so that's, uh, I also had like a long path through this. Um, this uh, my first introduction to non-monogamy was decades, not decades, over a decade ago. Um, and so I have been, I've been open to the idea of non-monogamy for a super duper long time. There just wasn't, I didn't have a desire to like label things really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very honestly, probably out of uh, uh fear of like looking at uh shadowy spots in my identity and not wanting to like process lots of wounding from past relationships and childhood and and whatnot because obviously there's uh context to everything right oh yes yeah and so um so yeah so I've been involved in non-monogamous relationships for a super duper long time it's just that I hadn't necessarily like taken that in as a part of my identity and done the work around it until very recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also feel like years ago, like de- a decade ago, this these conversations we're having now didn't happen then. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could, I mean, we can move on to the, like the, the next question, like what has helped us Yeah. like go against, uh, you know, Uh, And it wasn't a topic of conversation. It wasn't like you, you existed in these fringe communities and you were quiet about it. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot of like education or support or, yeah. So, I mean, even if you, even if it was a part of your life back then, it, it was still, I mean, it's still scary, but I feel like it was a little bit scarier than to like hold it as your identity and be like, this is who I am. Um, you know, yeah, because I feel like, um, I feel like even within the communities, um, and so like, I can't speak to polyam communities 10 years ago, right? Like that, mm-hmm. the, that is not the community that I was involved in 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, actually 10, uh, 12, maybe years oh. ago, <laughs> uh, um, I was like in a swinging community actually Mm -hmm. was like my first introduction to Mm -hmm. non-monogamy and you certainly didn't talk about social relationships in that yeah at least not in my experience and it's still it's still kind of you know because uh yeah it yeah I (laughs) I don't know I like I don't because I'm not a part of that community I can't speak to like whether or not there has been evolution within the swing community agreed yeah that's why and I I wouldn't like yeah, I wouldn't like want to say anything about that because I don't, I don't truly know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get the sense that even conversation doesn't happen a whole lot, be- just based on like what I know about things. And I mean, there is conversation as to like boundaries and expectations and mm-hmm. and safety mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, and I'd like actually love to do an episode down the line about like 
swing your oh, arms. Oh yeah. Right? I would... Like all these different aspects of non-monogamy. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Um, and like do some research and be prepared and I don't know, have someone on. And if anybody yeah, wants to come on lo- and talk to us about their swinging experience, I would love please, that. like reach out. Um, but please. But like, yeah, I don't, uh, my partner and I at the time like decided to open our relationship to swinging and we like, not only did we not really talk about it a whole lot, which is, I think, honestly, from what I've seen, super typical in people opening up to swing experiences. Um, but then like the people that we were doing that with also didn't, we didn't like engage in deeper conversations about that. And honestly, I think that the reason why I was turned off from that kind of, um, experience from like swinging specifically is because I, and like RA feels more of a, uh, of a fit is because of that like deeper connection. Like I am a, just a depthy mm-hmm. human <laughs> and I want to have, um, depthier, connections with people. And even if I have a connection with somebody that is um, purely or primarily sexual, uh, there needs to be like more dimension to it than that. So Mm -hmm. yes. Speak to my demisexuality, please. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, we can definitely um, address this last question here. Um, Mm -hmm. What helped you get past those societal expectations and upbringing? Oh, okay. Community, community, community. I emphasize this to everyone starting out in a non-monogamous or poly-minded, you know, find a community, find people you can talk to that are like doing the same things as you. Um, because there's, there's strength in numbers and it takes a village and all the other euphemisms you want to throw in there, but it truly, it truly makes a difference. Like I, I talked a lot about it in our very like, uh, episode zero, like I feel so supported and I need that support in moments of insecurities when, and they happen, they really do like always. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was a situation that happened, uh, this morning that I had a little uh, bit of a freak out and I was like, Oh, okay. I needed to confide to my anchor partner and, and we're doing this and we're not doing anything wrong. Right. We're, we're okay. We're happy. We're enthusiastic. This is, uh, we're living authentically. And, you know, he gave me the validation that I needed and it helps. It really does. Um, because it's scary. It's scary to go alone. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, fi- a community has helped. Um, just uh, being true in uh, my values and again, just in my own um, like self validation, like mm-hmm. internal validation of like, no, this is what I want. No one is, no one's coercing me. No one's forcing me. This is the life I want. And I wouldn't have all the things that I have now, if I didn't have this life, if I didn't have the opportunity to explore it. So, um, yeah, and definitely I can't stress enough community. And this is based on like my own commune brain, (laughs) (laughs) find your family and just, and, you know, like let them support you. Mm -hmm. Um, and as far as going against the grain and societal norms, um, I've always loved living within subcultures and uh, what Teresa called it uh, last episode, fringe communities. Love that word, fringe. <laughs> I love it too. That's why, yes. Um, so yeah, going against societal expectations as well as familial expectations um, 
has never been a huge thing for me. So, I mean, I will stick it to the man anytime. Anti, anti-establishment, like I'll make my own, my own fucking life, like <laughs> watch mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And, you know, I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed being, uh, the black sheep and the, you know, the misfit. So it's kind of just par for the course. Um, so yeah, but also that being said, um, I honor and accept that I have a privilege there. Um, and like I said before, I do still battle insecurities of hoping I'm doing the right thing and hoping that, um, I'm, you know, leading with, leading with my heart and, uh, leading with what I want out of my life too. So, yeah. And, and for all those people out there just starting their journeys, like I see you and I, I, I acknowledge you and it's, it's okay. It's hard, but we're here for you. Yeah. It's part of why we're doing this. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's totally. Yeah. Actually, you know, I had a conversation with someone last night uh, uh, and I brought up, I, I did a, I did the, the pitch. I, yeah, I you pitched gave us a myself. I did. I did. Shameless plug. I'm trying not to <laughs> trying to go against my imposter syndrome and, and, and talk about the podcast. Luckily I was with one of my partners and he's like, Oh, here you go. Like, please talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. He's great. Um, and yeah, I, I, I said, uh, you know, this is my life, this is my identity. And as a matter of fact, there's a podcast <laughs> about this. And um, I don't know, it's yeah, community. Like yeah. let's we support you. We're here for you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All um, right. What about you, Teresa? <laughs> yeah, I think this is very interesting because I think um you and I have such different experiences of this, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like um mm-hmm. both of our experiences are uh, valid and, uh, beneficial to others in different ways. And so, um, what has helped me get past societal expectations and upbringing, um, for me is much more individual. So it's really Mm. interesting. Like Kay is like community, community, and I'm not saying not community. (laughs) Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but for me, it's like, um, doing the work of truly accepting all of these pieces of myself. Yes. Yes. Um, and so this is work that that specific piece is work that I have been doing since COVID. Right. So like this sent you in like COVID sent you into exploration, self-exploration in the like RA way first. Um, whereas COVID and being alone and all of that, um, led me to my autism diagnosis. Like that is how that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And so, um, and so I had to do a lot of work around understanding that I am different from societal norms and societal expectations and being able to like, take a step back and a figure out who I am <laughs> who I was because I'm not the same person that I was two years ago when I was doing that initial work. Um, like two years ago today, I didn't know I was autistic. I mean, I probably knew somewhere <laughs> inside of me. Um, I'm like, I'm but like... I didn't have, I couldn't confidently say <laughs> those words. Um, and so, oh man, my voice is <laughs> I'm going to cry. Like, I literally was like, I'm going to cry because it's like, uh, honestly, like it's been such a beautiful, like, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Like Thank to you. see, it's been a really witness. big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and yeah, just witnessing. Yeah. And so like, 
as someone who um, I like always knew that I was the black sheep, but I tried so, so hard not to be. Um, and I know that the, like this is something that Kay and I have talked about because I met Kay in one setting and then she actually came to work with me. I um, did. <laughs> For a few years, I did too. For a couple of years, she worked with me, um, but in a setting that I'd like already established my persona in that setting. And it was very different from my actual persona. It was was very jarring from like my perspective coming in and knowing you as the Teresa that I know. And then to see everyone else see you as not that. And then, and then be very open about, no, that's not her her yeah Kay would be like you don't know this girl and they would like fight back because I I, I genuinely spent like a lot of time at work I am also like a workaholic used to be (laughs) yes yes used to be Mm -hmm. recovering workaholic because that was um like my work was part of my identity as an autistic human I just was like oh I'm good at this I can like mask and be this is my identity Mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, so like Kay stepped into that and was like, what is, th-? it's almost like, um, it's almost like you knew my like colorful self and they knew this like gray, like gray tone. Oh, 100. Yeah. 100%, me. which is like par for the course because I, I met Teresa in like a rainbow sequin. Uh, uh, yeah. Person. Quite literally. So, quite literally. literally. <laughs> so like, I literally had like, that's the image that I will forever have of Teresa. And so to go into like a office setting and nine to five, like, and see this Teresa, I was like, Whoa, who is Business this casual? Person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> yeah. It was so running I mean, some shit. <laughs> and it like genuinely, like, I mean, and we discussed this the other day, like, like upset, I, okay. it upset yeah. me. It like made me mad because I, and mad and like, also like, just like sad yeah, because I was like, yeah. You, this human that I love has so many dualities and so many identities, like accept all parts of them. Yeah. And they didn't, or at least they weren't aware of it. Yeah. They weren't aware of it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I was like ashamed Mm, of different pieces of myself. And like, I couldn't do the work of integrating Mm -hmm. my whole self. And now I realize that there is a difference. There's a difference between like choosing, like this is this is what's work appropriate and this is what's not work appropriate and whatever. Right. And not that it's not work appropriate to be polyam at work. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Like you can live your true authentic self at work and in your places. Right. But like, I'm not going to show up in a rainbow corset at work. (laughs) That's not appropriate. (laughs) In my workplace. Yes. (laughs) Your mileage may vary. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Choose your own adventure there. But yeah, like, so there's a difference and, um, and at that stage, what was that? That was like in 2016 or something. Right. So like six years ago, a long time ago, um, -hmm. yeah. Uh, cause that was like early on in our relationship. Oh man. Um, time. What is time? Um, it was more than six. No, you're right. Six. Wow. Jeez. It was 2016, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we met in 2014. Anyway, we're not going to play that game. Um, (laughs) What is time? It was like 2015, 2016-ish. Wait, oh, were you working working there for my first Burning Man? No, it was my second Burning Man. You were working there. That's how I track time, guys, is events. (laughs) (laughs) 
also Burning Man. I had this discussion. I think you started, I think you started right after Burning Man. I think you couldn't start until Burning Man was over is what that was. Well, because I worked Burning Man that year. Yeah. I, I did yeah. the, you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We'll edit this out. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> This is just part of the experience of listening to Kay and me talk. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. So so there's a, there's a difference, right? Between like understanding and accepting all, all aspects of yourself and choosing when to like, let one, one aspect lead, Mm. um, versus another aspect leading, right? Like that's, that's playing with your personality and, and a conscious decision. And that's not necessarily what I was doing. It was a conscious decision in some ways, but it was like fear based. It was like, these people would not accept me if they knew things about me. And so I have to present myself in this very confined way. Um, Mm. and that is how I lived my life, um, Mm. until very recently, Um, and it like hurts me now to like, know that I was doing that, but obviously it was born out of a protective place and whatnot. And because that was my upbringing, right? Like (laughs) such is the plight of being an unidentified autistic person, um, until later adulthood. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so my point with that is understanding and accepting that I'm different and that like societal expectations are well and good, um, for, for people that fit them, um, or who choose to, to have that, um, dictate what they do, um, or guide what they do. Um, and for people who do think that that's important and want to live up to those standards or what have you. Um, but like understanding that that that's not for me and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Right? And that like, I don't have to, um, there is no like should in that. Mm-hmm. And there, again, there are no rules or like those rules, you don't have to abide by them mm-hmm. provided it's like safe for you to do so. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, like you said, there is privilege in being able to live authentically. And yeah. I, I recognize that there are some spaces where I still have to modify some aspects of myself, but again, it is a conscious decision. I don't risk losing that piece of myself anymore because the the decision to hide it is not rooted in shame right? yes. or fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is more like, oh, well, like this piece of me exists. It can take a backseat for a second. Mm-hmm. It's not necessary right now. Yeah. Um, and then I can return to it. And so that is what has helped me. And like, yes, and community, of course, <laughs> like I wouldn't have been able to do this without my QP um, <laughs> and the support of people who, who know me well and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's been a, a lot of just like digging down and unrooting a lot of, a lot of shame and a lot of stuff that, that held me back from like accepting who I, who I really am. Yeah, no. And I completely, I, that resonates. I feel like that, that resonates with me, but that also could resonate with so many people about just like knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and just accepting the parts of you and all the different parts and all the dualities and all, um, all of your identities and just living, living your truth, living authentically. Yeah.
All right. So that I think wraps up our, uh, our little Q&A section here. <laughs> um, so I know that we said we'd be talking about the smorgasbord on this episode, but obviously we are Oops. chatty <laughs> bitches <laughs> and we are already over 40 minutes in at this point. Uh, so uh, in the interest of this not being an hour and a half long episode, we're just going to introduce the tool and then we can go into more detail next time. So thanks for your flexibility. <laughs> we Sticking appreciate with us. <laughs> you. Thank you for joining us on this ride. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although it was, I have to say, like, it was really great answering these questions. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking them. Thank you for wanting to know more about us and how we got to this point. And if you have more questions, please don't hesitate to send us a DM on Instagram or an email at explorerouniverse at gmail.com. Yeah, we are open to taking more questions. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. And if you really enjoyed this, uh, please let us know. Let us know. Definitely. So um, so I've linked the the RA smorgasbord in the show notes. So you can also pick uh, click on that and look at it yourself. You can also find it very easily. Just Google RA smorgasbord. Oh, that word. That's I know. Okay. Um, But basically, it's a tool that was developed um, for discussion, for discussion between you and your partners so that you can be on the same page. Um, It was originally developed by Lyrica Lawrence and Heather Orr of Vancouver Polyamory in December of 2016. And since then, it has been revised quite a few times and is now on the fifth version. Um, There's also contact information for them at the bottom of the smorgasbord. So if there's something that you feel like is left out, or um, if you want to translate it into another language, um, apparently it exists in many other languages already, um, and they will like send it to you in order for you to be able to translate it. So super cool. Love that. Love people who create resources and um, they're like open access and easy and free and that sort of thing. So So basically the board um, includes a lot of different concepts within it. um, And it really goes back to what we talked about in the last episode or what I talked about in the last episode, that concept of this being like the salad buffet of (laughs) relationship structures. And the idea is that every relationship is kind of like its own plate and you can use the smorgasbord in order to kind of pick which pieces you want to be a part of your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, the categories it says are loose generalizations to just kind of help conversation happen. And they are arranged um, with those relating to the larger political systems toward the outside um, of the chart and the more personal ones toward the center. So um, yeah, it has lots of different, different categories and that sort of thing. Um, it also has like suggested notations. So um, they're like circles and you can like print it out, mark it up, that sort of thing. Um, you can say like, yes, maybe, maybe in the future, right? So like, for example, there are things on here like emotional intimacy and physical intimacy um, and um, whether a relationship is going to be romantic or sexual. And then it also has things like kink and power exchange. And maybe those are things that you are interested in in the future, but you need to like build trust in your relationship, mm-hmm. right? And like familiar, familiarize yourself with someone before you go down that path. And so, um, yeah, it can be a really great conversation starter. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. I have to say, I 
even though doing this as long as I've done it, when Teresa presented me this printable (laughs) handy dandy tool, handy dandy tool, uh, I was blown away. I think it's a great way to start conversation and also to like think about things that I hadn't even thought about myself or maybe just didn't have the language to at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Super, super rad. (laughs) (laughs) And like, what a cool way to, I don't know, like think about your relationships and um, even like your existing relationships, you can use this tool to reflect on different aspects. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think even if, even if it is something that's already a part of your relationship, it is uh, a meaningful exercise to like sit and reflect and think about how you might categorize what you do in your relationship in that area. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And like, as far as uh, like relationship check-ins as well to kind of say, Hey, this is something I was interested in. Are we still on the right path for this thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we on the same page? And like, um, in your reflecting, um, you know, asking yourself questions like, is this like, what do I want in this category? Mm-hmm. And is what exists now something like, does that match up mm-hmm. to what it is that I want? And yeah. like, not just what I want, but like what you want, yeah. uh, you, my partner, right? And and does it align with my current values and who I am right now too? Yeah, absolutely. And those things change, right? Like maybe we're going through a stressful point in our life and I can't be as emotionally supportive to someone um, because I'm going through the death of a parent or oh, completely, yeah. or just like some sort of like transitional phase or whatever, right? Like um, okay. so life circumstances change, yeah. And like things happen. Mm-hmm. So and like, and that doesn't mean the death of a relationship. It just means like the adjustment of some things, maybe for a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the term. Uh, I there's a song that I really love uh, called "I'll Sleep While uh, You Sleep While I Drive," and that's what oh, I think of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And I think also for someone who um, has a hard time with um, black and white thinking, not a hard time, only thinks in black and white yeah. as a default, <laughs> has, a, has a harder time with like flexible thinking. Yes. Um, it, it gives the opportunity for things not to be absolutes. It doesn't have to be like this or that. It can be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think that this tool really allows for um, that kind of flexibility. It like promotes thinking in that flexible way. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Like I could have my cake and eat it too. What? What? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about next time. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Yeah, this was so much fun. Uh, like we said before, if you have any more questions, please reach out. Um, if you like this kind of Q&A or just answer questions, please let us know. Um, we can talk until we're blue. So <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for joining us this time, folks. All right. Till next time. See you then. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on whatever app you're listening from and follow us on Instagram at Our Diverse Universe. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, email us at exploreouruniverse at gmail.com. Until next time, explorers. See you then.